When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Appreciate all the uh, golf tales that are coming in. We asked for them on the text line well, as far as hole-in-ones go. It says, guys played Royal Aberdeen in Scotland several years ago. When we finished and headed to the clubhouse, we were treated to a shot of fine single malt, courtesy of a member who had had a hold of one that day. We had never met him. Never met him. There you go. Free drink. Pay it forward, I guess. This texture says, uh, hole-in-one rod is the holy grail of golf. So, you absolutely don't mind paying for drinks for whoever on that day. My father had seven in his lifetime. Seven holes in one? The odds of having these were high when he played in the 70s, had at least five or six times a week, whatever. So, yes, the holy grail. I wonder how much, how many times, I mean, so how much he ended up paying for drinks for everybody. You get that many hole-in-ones. That's a lot. I'd much rather roll a perfect game in bowling. Like that's harder. Didn't hit a hole in one. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, you don't play golf much. Golfers, if you play I golf mean, a lot, I it is like the. It's way the, harder to roll a perfect game than it is to hit a hole in one. Probably, yeah. It's more luck involved with a hole in one than it is to roll a perfect game. Um, wait, well, yeah, I mean, you got to roll a perfect game. You got to play the whole game. Thirteen, for, thirteen yeah. strikes in yeah, a row. Yeah, that's 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 tougher. Holding one, that's, that's, what's probably, that's why it's a lot more rare, too. I mean, people hit hole. I mean, every day in most on some golf courses, there's a hole in one hit. Mm-hmm. If you have a busy round, yeah. Um, but yeah, how often does a perfect game get rolled? That's a very rare fight. My grandpa had three. Damn. You get a ring. You got a ring for all of them. But didn't he? Uh, didn't he have a scholarship in bowling? For Oklahoma, yeah, at Oklahoma State. He was a scholarship bowler. Yeah, there you go. So he's an elite athlete. <laughs> but that's, that's in a like world, a that's world a, class bowler. That's a lifetime of bowling. That's like probably yeah. sixty years plus of him bowling with three and, and yeah, bowling that's about normal. Yeah, but he, I mean, this guy bowled three to four times a week. Well, that's what I'm saying. For guys, I mean, there's guys out here at Onion Creek that are playing four or five times a week. I bet you for over fifty oh, years yeah. they've got three or four holes in one. Just stands yeah, for the numbers. I guess so. If you're playing that much, yeah. Still, you got to pay a lot of money then. You really paying it forward. Hey, Rod, can okay. I uh, mention something before we get to your second rant? There's an interesting thing developing on uh, on social media. I, I'm, I'm sure you're seeing or at least paying attention to it. Uh-oh. So remember the story we had out of Lake Travis High School during the football season of the peanut butter allergy kid? Yeah. And the peanuts in the locker? Yeah, the players now have jumped on it. It's popular with the players. I don't really well, know. Well, so, yeah. I mean, so the mother of the young person at Lake Travis who's you know, was bullied essentially, yeah. she believes, that, you know, everyone knew he had a peanut allergy and they loaded up his locker with peanuts. And mm-hmm. as we talked about, you know, they knew it could have killed him uh, and still did the prank, yep. which isn't a prank. And uh, But the school board at, at Lake Travis has ruled that it wasn't bullying. They've said it's not bullying. It was a, you know, malicious, bad decision. Also, um, they said it. Also, they're taking the side of the, the, yeah, the players. Player. Who, okay, victimized the young man. And again, uh, apparently – one of the players involved is this, you know, top recruit, this four-star defensive lineman who's starting to take college visits. And it's interesting that several now former Texas players have retweeted this young guy, the the, the story of the mother uh, that KXAN did or one of the local news channels retweeted her plea to say, man, this 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 should have been more uh, whatever, you know, this, you know, we, we didn't get the justice in this case. And it's interesting that it's almost like the, the, the former players at Texas and others are saying, hey, don't. We don't want this guy. Stay away from this guy. Yeah. I think his name is Gus Cordova. Yes. Um, and, yeah, I've seen, I've seen personally on my timeline, Xavier Worthy, Jonathan Brooks, Devondre yep. Sweat yep. T- tweet out that story. Because I saw it and I was like, that's interesting because we talked about it months ago. Yeah. And it and obviously it's a very disturbing uh, conversation to have, and it's I can't believe that those guys were allowed to play in a playoff game, right? They, that's the that's when we discussed it. Yes, when Lake Travis, so they, 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 the guys who actually in question here, uh, they were allowed to play in a playoff game, and that was I I thought in 
I don't know. I just thought that was not an appropriate punishment for those young men. They probably should have been kicked off the team, but that's a different discussion for a different day. Now we're talking about the fact that Texas players have embraced this story. That's why it's a new story. because And they are now retweeting it. Yeah, and what's their, they're retweeting the story, but you know, on a list of visits this young guy is supposed to be taking is Texas. Yeah. So essentially, and the players you just listed are all former Texas players who clearly you know, value this. their culture, yes, uh, the do. culture that they've built. Yep. And, you know, kind of be careful who you're recruiting. and Be careful who you're thinking about bringing in. And, yeah. and again, the young guy made a mistake and those kind of things. But, man, they, you know, the freedom of speech, the, the Texas players are, are making their voices heard too. They don't – I mean, yeah, like I said, I've seen it from just those three personally. I've seen it, but I'm sure there are other guys. I don't follow all the Texas players. Um, so, you know, those just come across my timeline. I'm pretty sure that – you know, this is something that's widespread on the team. Um, and I don't actually know what inspired the guys to do it. Um, but like you said, maybe it's just as simple as we don't want that guy to toxify the culture that we helped build. Yeah, that and, simple. And, you know, he, well, and he, that, They don't think he's the right fit. But the coaches, obviously, may feel differently. Well, and maybe the tweets are, hey, look in, make, be careful. I mean, do, your, do your due diligence on this player. And that's why they're retweeting the story of the mom. Uh, of the young guy who was mm-hmm. at the at the oh, yeah. uh, at the hands of the the peanuts and the uh, the I've allergy. seen it. Yeah, yeah. It, like I said, I, I and I, when I said I was like interesting because I was like I, I didn't know if the players. Now I know mm. the connection. Now it's because of the player being recruited. But I saw it like a week ago. Yeah. The players started going recruiting. on the last week or so. Yeah, and it really stems from the the list of his visits coming out. Mm. And that's oh wait wait a second he's gonna be on campus. Be aware of this young guy. Make sure that uh, you you're paying attention to this oh, story. Yeah. And it and it speaks to the culture that Sark's talked about, the culture the players have talked about, and they want to make sure that that culture is being taken care of. Yeah, no, I'm 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 glad the guys are stepping up and you know in deciding you know what hey we don't think he's the right fit or you know I heard remember it was uh, Jeff Banks who said you know we bring in a player we look for signs signs of respect. Signs that they respect the game, respect their teammates, respect the locker room, that they respect our culture. Well, that would be a pretty glaring sign. That'd be like a pretty. Does, does it not seem like a, just like a dumb high schooler thing to y'all? I mean, that, well, I, there, there was there were similar things that probably took place in our locker room. That I mean, looking back at them, like that was very stupid. But it definitely in the time wasn't like maliciously going after somebody. Well, I, just I don't know. know. There's one. I, I, I mean, I, I, it's obviously a big deal, but I, I don't. Just being high school I mean, for me I, I, was like ten years ago, obviously. But there was people pooping in people's lockers and stuff like that going on. Which okay, now look. I mean, let, let's let's take the example you just gave. I mean, malicious has a definition to it. Mm-hmm. If you if you knowingly and according to the to the young guy, the players knew that yeah. that they, his peanut allergy, if severe enough, could kill him. Yep. And you still do it. Pooping in a locker is not going to kill anybody. That's true. It's going to be gross. Hey, the kid that one of the kids that pooped in the locker got kicked off the team, though. Well, right. I mean, so if you poop in a locker, yeah. that's not <laughs> so, that's disgusting, I, and it's going to stink, and it's you know poor janitors. But at the same time, you're not killing anybody. Like literally, you're doing something that you know could it harm someone and yeah. put them yeah, in jeopardy. I see. I see. That's that, yeah. that's the different level, and that's I'm not saying you the the, the, the guy's career has ended. I'm not because he's not going to be charged with anything. Uh, but I don't even think the mother, based on what I've seen, got the justice for a kid than she deserved. I, yeah. I, um, I mean, that kid's probably got to change schools at this point, right? Well, he didn't. He, he played, did. played, played the playoff game. Played no, no, no. Hey. I'm talking. I'm talking a kid that has the peanut butter allergy. Yeah, unfortunately. Oh, With your probably. mom, like, not that his mom shouldn't be, you know, ra- yeah. raising awareness, but uh, you know how high schoolers and teenagers are. It's oh yeah, they're mean. They're mean, yeah. and that probably the more attention brought to it, the more you're going to get bullied I mean, for. I mean, it's. This kid is his his recruiting visits are Alabama, LSU, Ohio State, yeah, he's <laughs> USC, a, he's a top prospect. Texas A and M, and then Texas on four twenty. I think he's coming in for the spring game, I imagine. But yeah, I mean, he's one of the better recruits or higher ranked recruits, D lineman in the country. Uh, it's it's safe to say if it, if he wasn't a high recruit. He probably he would have been off the team or at least suspended for the whole year. Oh yeah, because yeah. he wouldn't he wouldn't even play in that playoff. We all know how that works. Yep, and I think the, that's the argument the mom is making, and I think it's why the Texas players or former players are retweeting and saying, hey, you know, we, we value character over talent. We, we value 
culture over you know stars that's and what things. y'all told us that's what you yeah that's what we're talking about that's here. what you told us you Let's told us <laughs> yeah, that you, you value character over you know a player who's just a, a good who may be great in terms of his talent but he doesn't fit with our culture yeah and, and then if you're a texas fan you have to like that uh, really like it that and you're an alumnus rod that's yeah something to be proud of that they're fighting for that culture i, you know? I know i really i mean like i said they, they won games this year with that culture that culture helped them win games late down the stretch uh, perseverance. The American Tennis team has good football character because the way they would handle adversity. Um, and they were a really tight-knit group. They pulled for each other. I mean, when they were plays where you know jet bush would score a touchdown like you would uh you would watch the team go go crazy uh celebrating him when devondre sweat would end up scoring a touchdown you know watching the team celebrate him on silent you could tell that they were a tight-knit group and they liked playing for each other and that comes from having a really good culture yeah. um and having you know good characters you know good football character and uh, good quality uh, character human beings on your roster, and I think that's what they're talking about. Nothing against the young man, because I, you know, we don't know the, the entire story. We know what have been, has been alleged and what's been reported. So I'm not saying that, that the young man doesn't re- deserve redemption. I think what we're saying is, is he the right fit for the culture at Texas? Right. And some of these young men here who were, were, you know, linked and connected to that that culture and who were in that locker room, they're saying publicly he is not. Yeah, or at least yeah, make sure. Make sure, yes. Yeah. Or do your due diligence. Because yes. um, you know somebody just texted that kid got an offer from Texas at Junior Day, and that's that's the whole point. Like, hey, make sure you're aware of who this is that you're offering. Mm-hmm. You may not know this story, yeah, because you're just watching this film. Yep. Uh, make sure you you talk to the right people. Hey, here it is, Ty. Odds of uh, a hole in one twelve thousand five hundred to one. Odds of a perfect game in bowling eleven thousand five hundred to one. So it's a greater odds at a hole in one. But there's perfect. more variables on with golf because you can be just playing. There's the, a million. There's a million different golf courses. I could get a hole in one at Pitch and Putt. Does that yeah, does that count? Sure. Yes, it's a hole in one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree with Ty on this. One. It's tougher. This it, say, here we go. My dad was a pro bowler. I grew up in a bowling alley, and we have always been avid golfers. It's way easier to roll a three hundred than strategically shoot a hole in one. Ooh. What? I mean, you don't strategically shoot a hole in one though. What do you? Golf what is, what, what is this guy, Sergio Garcia? Come on, there's a, there's a, dad's a pro bowler. He's on my side of this. Uh, yeah, Come I on. know, but I'm just saying. Well, if we if we're gonna go back over to the kind of the variables, the independent variable comment or conversation we had with the three point shooting contest last week, I, I think the same thing applies for this argument. If we're talking about sp- the odds on a specific course, then sure. But but every bowling alley is the same. That's uh, correct. That is fair. Every golf course is different. But, That's a good uh, point. Uh, but those were just the odds, 12,500 to 1 to 11,500. It's very close. It's very, very close. Very, so close. very close. I, I still think it's tougher to roll a perfect game than to hit only one. I do. Yeah. I think there's a lot of luck involved with holding one, let's be honest. There is. Well, that's what I'm saying. Luck. I think it's that just... the luck makes it a little harder because if you can roll the ball in the same groove every time, you're gonna you can do that thirteen times in a row. Yeah, but that's more skill. Yes. Your your luck is just luck. Yeah. There's a lot of luck. So, uh, skill makes something tougher to master a skill. Oh, there you go. Well, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know if you mastered hitting the hole in one. No, you just got no, lucky. No. Yeah. So right. that's why I think it's tough because it's a skill you have to master. Let's get to Rod's second rant of the day. Remember, bottom of the hour on a Wednesday is going to be set list ATX. Our guy Nick Shuley be hanging out from the Austin Music Movement, the Clark Field Creative, giving us the, uh, the best live music. Also, some NIL updates from the Longhorns. First, though, Rod's got a rant. Rod's Rant of the Day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car, any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts. All right, let's uh, talk about the Dallas Cowboys a little bit. First, we'll jump to the defensive side of the ball for the Cowboys. Uh, Michael Parsons had his interview with Stephen A. Smith. He's not having another one. He's not actually talking still, but uh, just more from that Stephen A. Smith interview that he did around the NBA All-Star weekend. Um, This piece of audio we have not heard, um, but it is Michael Parsons talking about their new defensive coordinator, Mike Zimmer and his thoughts about Mike Zimmer and how he's excited uh, to have a fresh start with Mike Zimmer in Dallas. Here is uh, Michael Parsons with Stephen A. Smith. New defensive coordinator. Quite as going, Zimmer is in. Your thoughts? Uh, I'm excited. Anthony Barr reached out to me, told me how good he is. Uh, Daniel Hunter talked to me how good he is. Um, 
Man, I'm just excited for a fresh start, really. Um, you know, and not that I don't miss Dan or won't miss him, because I love Dan. You know, I love Dan. He's like uncle, father, our friend, however you want to look at it. Dope dude. Wish him all the success in Washington, except for against Dallas Cowboys. Right. I like I like I, I like um, a lot the job that he did up until the Green Bay game. Yeah. Um but man, I'm just man, to me, I just want to pull that stuff aside. I just want to play winning football. I want to I want everybody to be accountable. I want everybody locked in. I want, you know, and without Harris Zimmers, one of them guys is gonna have everybody accountable. I looked at all his press I mean his press conference quotes. I just want a fresh start, man. I just want to change the culture. I did the Dallas Cowboys and win the championship. There you go. Um, talking about his uh, expectations with Mike Zimmer. It's going to be really interesting to see what Mike Zimmer's plan is to weaponize Michael Parsons. Dan Quinn's system automatically was compatible with the skill set of a Michael Parsons. He's a hybrid player, um, can move around as a movable chess piece on the defense, and Dan Quinn's system was malleable and multiple. Zimmer does not have a malleable multiple system. Um, Now, he can. He can make it. He can tweak it any way he would like, um, but his system uh, has a lot more rigidity to it. And a lot of people said that's why it'll be it, it'll be easier to stabilize um, that defense, so you won't have as much volatility, right? Going up against teams that you know can run the football and the power running game, you won't have to worry about those things with Mike Zimmer's defense. It's a much more fundamentally sound defense. Doesn't take as many chances as Dan Quinn. Dan Dan Quinn rolled the dice a lot, a lot of twists and stunts up front, um, a lot of uh, pre-snap movement with the the safeties in the back end, lots of man coverage lots of sub packages so you can move guys around you won't have as much of that with Zimmer's defense um, but I think there was some advantages to that right you confuse a lot of pass protections confuse quarterbacks pre-snap and post-snap read so you would force a lot of turnovers which Dan Quinn's defense did was one of the leaders in takeaways in the NFL each year that he was there uh, led the NFL in back-to-back years in takeaways got a lot of pressure why because you're confusing the blocking schemes up front so you may lose some of that but you're going to gain, I think, a more uh, stable, fundamentally sound defense. But what does that do for Micah? And where is Micah? Is Micah an off-ball? Is he still considered an off-ball pass-rushing linebacker like Dan Quinn considered him? Or is he now in that uh, overfront that like that basically Dan uh, Zimmer likes to play? He's just going to be a defensive end because you'll get more base personnel with just four DBs with Mike Zimmer in there. You'll have more base personnel. Are you just going to put Micah Parsons at defensive end and let him stay there? Or are you still going to be able to move him around? That is a question that I have for Mike Zimmer. And I'm sure that was one of the first questions that they asked Mike Zimmer when he came in. Hey, how are you going to use Micah Parsons? We're about to make him the highest paid defensive player in the history of the game. What are you going to do to make sure that you weaponize him and maximize his kind of talent? And I can't wait to see what Zimmer does. Remember, Zimmer had, you know, he had some great athletes. Anthony Barr, I'm glad Anthony Barr actually called, you know, Michael Parsons played together because the, the, the Cowboys brought in Anthony Barr at one time uh, with the linebacking core a couple of years ago. And I, I think that Anthony Barr, moved, early on in his career, he did move around that front. They would put him on the edge at times. They would blitz him from the off-ball position. I wonder if that could be a template for how Mike Zimmer ends up using uh, Michael Parsons, who's a much more versatile player than Anthony Barr. But Anthony Barr, early on, was a guy they moved around the front a lot of times to try to maximize his ability. Um, okay, getting to the offensive side of the ball because uh, Dak Prescott's about to get paid. Matter of fact, so Micah could get paid, you got to pay Dak. You got to extend Dak. You got to lower his cap hit. Um, you got to, you know, obviously you'll spread out those payments over a longer period of time to Dak. And then you can pay Micah his money because uh, you'll have a more cap-friendly situation. You can pay CD his money. Jordan Schultz, who uh, is in, an insider, he recently made a bold claim. He had a hot take about Dak Prescott's latest contract negotiations. Uh, here's Jordan Schultz of Bleacher Report uh, making a, a very bold prognostication about one Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott really had the best season of his career. But you also have Dallas, who still has to pay CeeDee Lamb. They still have to pay Micah Parsons. And obviously, they're going to have to pay Dak Prescott. Now, I've been on the record. I believe Dak Prescott is going to command somewhere along the lines of $60 million per year 
potentially making him the highest paid quarterback in football and resetting his quarterback market. He played that well. And really for most of the season, especially that back half of the year, Dak Prescott was the MVP favorite or in that conversation and obviously finished inside the top five. So he really was there throughout. Okay. And then you also have the fact that again, if you're the Dallas Cowboys, you push CD lamb down this year. So you really have to pay him. You could wait to pay Micah Parsons because he's now extension eligible for the first time. This was his third season. Um, So there's a lot of moving parts, but I believe considering how well Dak played for Dallas this year, considering the alternatives and the fact that Jerry Jones really wants to win now, doesn't want to have to start over at quarterback and has a tremendous amount of respect for Dak Prescott. I believe that Dak Prescott is going to reset the quarterback market and get in the vicinity of $60 million this offseason. Ooh, yeah, that's a whole lot of money. And, yes, that would put Dak at the top of the quarterback food chain um, at that point. If you're talking about average annual value, if he's approaching $60 million, he'd be approaching being the highest-paid QB in the league. Are the Cowboys ready to do that? He will have all the leverage. Coming off an all-pro season, coming off a season where he was in the MVP conversation and Mike McCarthy, who is a lame duck coach, uh, even though you know he hadn't been offered an extension, Dak Prescott is now inevitably linked to Mike McCarthy's security and his long-term um, opportunities with the Cowboys because that Texas Coast offense with Mike McCarthy calling the plays did lead to Dak Prescott having his most impressive regular season campaign ever or in his career. Uh, so he's about to get paid. Um, and then what do you do after you pay Dak Prescott? Do you do you extend Mike McCarthy? Um, I don't know exactly what the Cowboys are going to do, but I do know they have no choice but to extend Dak, and maybe Jordan Schultz is right. Maybe they end up making him uh, an offer that makes him the highest-paid QB in the league. Um, that'll lower his cap figure, but ultimately that will tie Dak to the Cowboys for the next five, six, six years, whatever that contract's going to be. He's got all the leverage, Rod. I mean, the only leverage the Cowboys have is Trey Lance to maybe say, man, we're willing to move on. Yep. I don't think they are. I think Jerry, you know, Dak would call his bluff, their bluff. But at the same time, hey, we traded for Trey Lance. We really like him. Uh, we can't – you know, we 60s too heavy. But, you know, that that's – that's I mean, the, the agent for Dak Prescott. And, again, we talked about this earlier, but the Cowboys, this goes back to when they didn't sign him after his third year and let him get all the way to franchise tags and things and – Really, but you know, got put themselves over a barrel as far as the number. And by the time they signed him, that you know, Dak was then going to be in the forty million dollar range. Well, now here he is at the end of that deal; he's in the fifty to sixty million dollar range. Yep. And uh, I think that what the what the 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 voice there just said is right. I mean, the, the last contract was Joe Burrow. That's fifty five million. Fifty five. Yep. So the next phase, and here we are in the offseason off a second team All Pro season. I mean, Joe Burrow got that. He's been to a Super Bowl, but he uh, can't stay healthy. I mean, Dak Prescott's been healthy. Had the one year with the injury, but uh, yeah, he's got all the leverage. And I know Cowboy fans hate to hear it, but the the brass tacks are: he's your quarterback. He's played to a Pro Bowl level. Uh, pay, pay my guy. He's about to get paid. And Herbert and Lamar Jackson are at fifty-two million. Jalen Hurts at fifty-one million. I mean, that hell, Russell Wilson. If you look at average annual value, he's at forty-eight million. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you hate to say it, but that is kind of the that, – that is the now the market value for a franchise quarterback coming off a really good year, and that is Dak Prescott right now. So, yeah, I mean, he was going to get above $50 million anyway, just based on that. I thought he would just be in that realm, uh, but based on Jordan Schultz's uh, prediction, yeah, Dak may surpass Joe Burrow and get his uh, $60 million. And, man, you know who's happy about that? Patrick Mahomes. Oh, because I can't imagine when they extend him and right because that's coming up. They have to at one point decide. All right, we want Patrick Mahomes to be happy, so let's renegotiate him and extend him. I mean, he's gonna get. They remember he got signed that ten year deal. Yeah, ten year. Well, it was a twelve year deal because it, it yeah off it his put final on top two. of his final two. But yeah. I, he's gonna. He, well, there was talk at the Super Bowl that Lee Steinberg was talking, and there he's well, he wants to take less to. to save more and those kind of things and get get. Well, we'll see what that looks like. But you're right, I. I believe Patrick Mahomes doesn't want to be the highest-paid quarterback on an annual basis. I think he wants to win championships. He does. Uh, so, uh, but at this point, we'll see what Dak Prescott does in that same regard. Uh, all right, good stuff right there with Rod and the Rod's rants. Good uh, thought. I will say this. I heard Patrick Davis say this yesterday on the Sports Complex, and I agree with it. And Ty can weigh in, too, because he's the Cowboys fan. Uh, Nick Shuley can weigh in coming up. 
is it, is it a little bit bothering that all of a sudden, a couple of years into his career, Micah Parsons has become the voice of the Cowboys? Like, has he done anything to be the guy that speaks for the – because it does sound like he's out talking, doing all – maybe it's just he's been doing a lot of interviews of late. But it's like uh, – I keep saying it. Keep, quit talking. <laughs> quit talking. You're not you're, – you, I don't know that you've been – I would think some of the people in his own locker room like, yo, you, what made you the voice of our team? Like, what makes you uh, the guy that speaks for the Cowboys? Now, he was just speaking for him, but he's, he's talking about bigger picture conversations. Is he the best player on the team? Well, I mean, what has he done in big games? I need some big game performances. I know, but none of the Cowboys perform in big games. So is he the best player on the team? Uh, yeah, probably. So I think that's why he's talking. I'm the okay. best player on the team. Right. And, that's why I asked the question I've, that way. And, is I've it been, a, somewhat... I've, and I've been empowered by Jay. Yeah, well, that's He calls other. him Jay. I've been empowered by Jay. I watched the Super Bowl with Jay. Jay hooks my, my, my partners up with Super Bowl tickets. Right. Well, I've look. been empowered by the GM and the head coach. And with that authority, I am the face of the franchise now. And that's why I, I asked it that now. way. Is that a little bit bothersome? I yeah, think it I'm, might be. I don't disagree, uh, but you know who likes it? Jerry Jones. Yeah. Again, back to the Jerry Jones problem. Jerry Jones the root likes of all it. evil. Yeah. The root of all problems. <laughs> <laughs> but Jerry likes it, right? That's a Jerry Jones culture because Jerry Jones talks a lot. Yeah. And when Jerry Jones is not talking, he wants somebody else out there talking so that the Cowboys will continue to be the number one TV star, number one TV show. Remember I gave you those numbers about the most watched television programs in, in, in oh, America? I, I understand and why the, it is. And the NFL, I think, is 93 of the top 100 most watched programs in America are NFL games. You know who the most watched team is? The yeah. Cowboys. 100%. I get 18 it. of those games are I'm Cowboys I'm just saying, it, it, at this point of his career, I don't know that he's there yet as far as being the voice, and I would think there are some, some guys in his own locker room that might believe that. You're right, he's been empowered by the owner. And that's part of the big problem in my mind. Uh, all right, we'll come back. When we do, it's uh, Setlist ATX with our man Nick Shuley, the uh, best live music, plus some NIL thoughts uh, from our guy Nick. Also, a little Texas basketball chatter as well. Hook him up with the Rod, Rod B. Rolls on. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Man, lot to do. Before the top of the hour, we'll do a little uh, who said that. Who said that? Also, uh, the fabulous fifth hour. How about this, Rod? Some trades that maybe we uh, look into our crystal ball as far as some big trades that uh, maybe we, we could happen or we would like to see happen. There would be interesting conversations. We'll get into that in the NFL with uh, the free agency period looming. Also, franchise tag deadline day. Sometimes some of these guys get traded. Also, it's that time of year, Rod, when things start happening. They get to the combine and uh, moves get made. Speaking of moves, our uh, next guest is joining us from the Horn headquarters, and he is a mover and a shaker, a mount town, no doubt about it. He is the president of the Austin Music Movement. He is also the uh, uh, head involved there with the Clark Field Creative. He's got a couple of podcasts that he does, the Brotherhood podcast and the Third and Longhorn podcast, talking Texas basketball and football and He's just an all-around good dude. He is uh, Nick Shuley. Hello, Nick. What's hey, up, guys? How are you, buddy? How's your week been? Uh, it's been busy. It's good, though. It's uh, It's been a great week. Great week. Wow, that's good. I don't know. I'm, hey, I'm uh, trying to will it out there. I, I don't there know if I actually go. believe that. Talking yourself into the great <laughs> yeah, week yeah. thing. False like enthusiasm, it. brother. I love it. Just put it out there. Hey, fake it till you make it, Nick. Uh, do you? Um, so Rod does not like the new Beyonce country song, Texas Hold'em. Are you a fan of the new Beyonce country song, Texas Hold'em? And maybe Ty can play a little bit of this for our audience who have not heard it. But right at the Super Bowl, remember, Beyonce did a Super Bowl ad for Verizon where she shocked her audience, her fans, saying two new songs coming down and they're country songs. Can we hear some of this from uh, Beyonce? Number one, uh, number one, number one, debuted number one on the country billboard charts. That's just promotion. Yeah, no thanks. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Queen Bay. A little banjo up in here. This ain't Texas. Ain't no hold'em. They are cards down, 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 down. So pocket Lexus. And throw your keys up. 
All right, there we go. It's it's like if somebody put in uh, "Write Me a Country Song" in the Chat GPT. It one hundred percent. That's a great description, Ty. That it is, is. That is a fantastic description. Yep. Put them down, down. Yeah, like come on. Yeah, it is the uh, yeah, it's pop country these it's, days. That's it's where catchy. All the pop stars it's, it's, are going. It's meant to be catchy. She's I don't think super it's talented. Love her. Just you know, not. I don't know. Every everybody's in country music now. So exactly. Yeah. And well, I, you, got, you you fish where the fish are, uh, and that's where the audience is right now, especially at the young audience are listening to country music. Unfortunately, unfortunately, or unfortunately. I, I, I did hear that legendary uh, R and B musician Rafael Sadiq was a uh, co-writer on that song. Which oh, is very really? interesting to me. So yeah, it's that a, is. I figured they'd just go hire some guns in in Nashville and you know write the record. But I I, I guess I haven't I haven't dove in enough to, to to it to care. But you know I knew it'd be you you know it's gonna crush because you know beyond it's anything her. Beyonce does it's like Taylor Swift she could she could brush her teeth and people would buy it. That's, Remember, yeah, Taylor Swift went from country to pop, right? And now Beyonce is coming back the other way a little bit. Yeah. Because uh, Taylor Swift was originally Americana slash country when she began. And now she's uh, the biggest pop star in the world at this point. So Beyonce right there with her. So there you go. We spike it. We spike the uh, Beyonce hit Texas Hold'em. Not like it or Man. used to do that on the FM DJ stuff. She's uh, a, like it or spike it. it. Yeah, she's a, I mean, I, I'll give her love just because she's from Houston and I always try to support Texas people. So, you know. Uh, do, if you like it, go for it, and if you don't, don't. So that's yeah. where I'm. At. It, it was. It wasn't made. It wasn't made for people who don't like it. It yeah. literally like it's, she's not. She's not talking to you. Yeah. She, she'll make something for you down the line. My, my girlfriend it. loves it. I will say. There you go. She's and been there singing. You go. That's it. who she's, she made it for. She's been singing it around the house. I mean, in the you, past week, you, you can't you truly argue with forty million spins in like a, a week <laughs> on Spotify. So and yeah. and I'll, but I will say when Post's record comes out, I am very excited. I saw he was doing some stuff uh, for a charity with. Uh, Eddie Vedder and, and things like that. And, and uh, Post is just – I've never seen anything like it. That guy can cover Nirvana, and it sounds like Kurt Cobain. He can play country music, and it sounds legit, and he's a, just a great artist in general. Yeah, Post Malone, of course, who sang America the Beautiful at the uh, Super Bowl. Uh, pretty interesting. Uh, all right, Nick, we've got set list ATX, but uh, your thoughts quickly before we get to the music on this Longhorn basketball team. They, they ugly ugly their way to a win. <laughs> I mean, that was a win only a mother could be proud of, right? Uh, like an ugly baby. But they got the win on Monday night. They had to have it. And now, you know, this stretch run for you know, get yourself up near 19, 20 wins potentially and get in the tournament. Yeah, we, we actually were talking about We recorded last night for Brotherhood, and DJ Roy and I were talking about it. And, and you know, Roy's like, look, you just got to look at every single game left as a tournament game. Like, these are all must-wins. They're, they're going to be tough. You're going to be going in hard environments for three of them. You're, your two unranked teams that you play left are at home, and you got to take care of business, which, you know, I know you guys were talking about earlier, having a, a home court advantage, and, and it's so big in college basketball. It's been funny because Texas has been kind of the opposite this year. So fi- figuring out if we can, you know, win it in, in Lawrence is tough. But I, but I talked to DJ about it because our, our guys were kind of getting – our guards were getting pushed around a little, obviously, against Houston. Those guys are football players on Houston. But they – you know, DJ was like, it's just a mentality for me because DJ was always undersized. And he said, you know you're faster. They may be more physical. So you've got an advantage in one area. They've got an advantage in one area. He's like, so it really comes down to your mental and attacking. And I think our guys need to have confidence going in. We are – a good basketball team and I don't know that we play like it all the time you know it seems like certain guys are lacking confidence but I I, you know I still have I still have hope I'm not giving up but it that that game was tough to watch (laughs) that game was yes (laughs) missing free throws at the end and oh it was just it was you could feel it kind of the avalanche coming and you're like come on just hold on just hold on <laughs> <laughs> the train is uh, tilting off the tracks here yep. <laughs> uh, it's just is it going to tip over is the question as it goes around the corner uh all right nick uh, set list atx what are we looking at here in uh, late february as far as great music get out and see it the live music capital of the world uh starting tonight and into the weekend pretty good week yeah yeah pretty good week there's some there's some cool stuff happening yeah so dead south is playing at acl live tonight it's got almost uh if you haven't heard it it's like a it almost feels like a oh brother where art thou soundtrack a little bluegrass folksy pretty pretty good stuff and then next we have two of the best names in music which is partially why i included it we have pelvis wrestley austin's own uh he's playing an in-store at waterloo and it's a uh, very psychedelic indie rock from Austin, good stuff though. And then one of my favorite names, the Red Knot Chili Peppers, uh, one of the best <laughs> Red Hot Chili Peppers cover groups. Nice. We're playing it. Like that. I love that. 
and then tonight too an evening with bill nye so the bill nye the science guy will be doing a, a talk at long center which should be interesting i've heard i've heard really good stuff about listening to him talk and he's apparently a really cool guy Bill Nye, the science guy at the Long Center. All right, Thursday night, that'd be tomorrow night. Yeah, over out on uh, Burleson and 183 at the Concourse Project. They got a cool dance thing going on out there, and they have Nosage Thing, who's really interesting, trancey, kind of laid-back dance music. And then over at the 04 Center, uh, one of Austin's finest musicians and just an incredible performance if you like you know anything from Jason Isbell to Ryan Adams to that. David Ramirez will be playing at the 04 Center. That will be a fantastic show. And then over at Emo's, Warren Ziders, country musician, will be playing there. And then for all you late 90s, early 2000s uh, rock fans, Godsmack will be at ACL Live tomorrow. Nice. And then Friday, we have social media star turned indie rocker Petey will be at Mohawk. And you probably don't know who that is, but I guarantee you've seen some of his videos. He's a guy who kind of plays every character on his videos and he's pretty funny he's like a i think he's an la hipster but pretty pretty interesting his music's not not as not what i thought it was it, it wasn't as bad as i assume it's going to be if you're a celebrity making music uh, pretty pretty good and then uh one of austin's best rock bands die spits will be over at hotel vegas i really like this band they're kind of an up-and-comer and then donovan frankenrider will be over at the 04 center and donovan's kind of out of the jack johnson family of mm -hmm. you know the Brushfire records really really good oh, artist really nice yeah really chill and then the legendary fabulous thunderbirds will be over antones and then for all you jam banders government mule will be over at acl live on friday legendary guitarist junior brown will be at green hall and then Austin Staples and an artist I used to go see every Sunday at Antone's Guy Forsyth Blues Band will be at Saxon. And then over at the Moody Center, Excision, who I, I was actually not familiar with this. I'm not a huge dance person, but apparently one of the biggest in, in, in the industry. And they'll, they'll be over at Moody Center. He, they'll, I don't know. But, yeah. So Excision. Excision, okay. yeah. And then Saturday, legendary indie rockers Yola Tango will be doing night one at Mohawk. And then Ira Glass of This American Life will be over at Paramount Theater doing, doing a talk, which should be pretty interesting. And then Great Lake Swimmers, for you folky Americana fans, will be at 04 Center. My favorite Austin DJ, DJ Mel, who's been around for a minute and is one of the most diverse DJs as far as music, will be doing his dance party at 310 at ACL Live. And then Jason Boland and the Stragglers will be over at Stateside at Paramount. And then Saturday night is also the Texas Heritage Songwriters Awards show, which we'll be giving away some tickets for that uh, in a second, and I'll explain that one a little more after that. And s over on Sunday, we'll have Yola Tango Night 2 at Mohawk, and then Aust true, tr Unicorn and uh, True Austinite, Carrie Rodriguez, who's actually from here, will be playing at the Paramount. How about that? That's cool. Yeah. And then uh, a Monday, we have uh, a, a really good kind of, I'd call it almost backpack rap, like lyrical rap, will be over at Come and Take It Live. And it's uh, Nems and Mac Lethal. And Mac Lethal has recently garnered a lot of fame for making the Kansas City Chiefs hip-hop anthem. He's a Midwest rapper, and that's his, <laughs> there you go. That's his squad. Not my, not my thing, but it's, uh, it's pretty good. But Razkaz will be with them opening, and Razkaz is one of the most legendary hip-hop MCs if you're a fan. Of, he's kind of an underground guy, but if you're a fan of Wu-Tang Clan and those, those artists, he's, he's done a lot with them. Um, and then Tuesday, huge name, we have Diana Ross over at Ooh, ACL Live, which will be The fantastic. legend. Yeah, really cool. And then for all you Blink-182 fans, one of my favorite artists, Alkaline Trio, who their singer, Matt Skibbo, was the fill-in for Tom DeLonge when he was out of the band in Blink for, I don't know, like five or seven years. So Matt's the lead singer, Alkaline Trio, and they're awesome. I used to go watch them in high school. They're great. They'll be over at Stubbs, as well as uh, Kid Bloom, kind of some dancey indie rock over at Antone's. And there it is, set list ATX. You have Hall of Famers like Diana Ross. Uh, fabulous T-Birds are out there this weekend. That's pretty good stuff. And I do like that name, the Red Knot Chili Peppers. <laughs> you said you, went, you used to go see uh, Guy Forsyth every Sunday. Was that when he was at the, uh, the campus location of Antone's, back when it was on the drag? No, it was the Fifth Street one, where, where okay. that ping pong place is now. Like that was, I, I remember we used to go oh. watch him play there all the time. He was, he was fantastic. 
Well, when I was in college at St. Ed's, we used to, I should have been studying, but we would go down to the Guadalupe location right there at 29th and uh, see Guy Forsythe yep. belted out on a Sunday night. That was better than writing a paper or whatever I had to be doing, <laughs> uh, without a doubt. But hold on now, that place is down on 5th Street is now a ping pong place? Wow. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's called, <laughs> what is it, Paddle Pong, something like that. I still haven't, I, I've never been, but it's been there for a minute. Let's let Ty weigh in. I guarantee you he knows. I've stopped in there. <laughs> it's Sorry. okay. Yeah. I'm not a big ping pong guy. I love ping pong. I love ping pong too. I'm a big. You're Papa Shot and ping pong, Nick. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't. I, <laughs> I, I, I am. I. I would not brag about my ping pong skills. Like I. I exist. Uh, I, yeah. I would. I wouldn't say I'm good though. <laughs> but I, I enjoy it. At one point, growing up, because I was a lifeguard at the pool and we had a ping pong table. And you'd play all the kids and then, or all the adults, too. And then I got to, to the St. Ed's, lived in the dorm, and they had a ping-pong table. That got pretty heated. Oh, yeah. Then this Asian dude from the third floor showed up with his own paddles. Oh, oh you in trouble. Sorry, you in trouble, ass. man. <laughs> yeah. when, uh, you in trouble. When Brad Buckman first moved in with me, Brad was an insane ping-pong player. And we got a ping-pong table, and we would play every night. And he would just destroy me. And he, I mean, he's six <laughs> foot nine, so he wouldn't have to move. I'm sweating, running around our garage, cussing. <laughs> And then so he took me to – they did a – uh, it was like a sweatless Olympics because he used to live with Andy Roddick. So we went to Roddick's house to play. Oh, geez. And so Roddick was like w- – wanted to play Brad. He plays Brad, beats him like 21 to 13. It was him and his brother. And his brother was a former pro too. And uh, like watching that was insane. And then Andy was like, dude, I want to play you. And I was like, no, 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 no. Brad beats me. I have no business playing you. And he's like, no, no, no. I'll play you left-handed. I was like, I'm out still. And then he's like, okay, I'll play you left-handed <laughs> while making eye contact with Brad the entire time on the side. <laughs> he, he beat me 21 to 9, not looking at me playing left-handed. And that, that, was, what? The, that was the end of my ping-pong dreams. <laughs> Damn. That is a great story, That's Nick. next level. That's Forrest Gump type stuff. Well, Dang, Andy, Andy it said, was a Forrest Gump. Andy said they'd have ping-pong tables wow. in the back of all the tournaments where all the, all the guys beforehand would just go and play each other in ping-pong. I was like, now that's the content. I want to see. I want to watch, you know, Whoa. these top level guys playing. And I mean, they were they're doing it where you're standing, you know, five feet off the table. I'm just trying to hit the ball back and crying the whole time, you know. So. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Andy Roddy beat wow. you left handed looking at Brad Buckman. Damn. That's hilarious. High high achievement uh, for me. Whoa. I would also say Andy yes. Roddick. I mean, people don't realize how big he is. He is a he's, yeah, he's a like tennis player. He's, yeah. yeah, he's a big guy. He broad shoulders, t- six three, and um, great athlete. He's obviously, a really good yeah. basketball was, uh, player. Was Brooklyn Decker there? Yes, she was. Nice. Yeah. Now we're talking. I used to bury the lead to, on that bad boy. Any, anytime we'd play basketball with him, because Brad and him and John and I would play, and, and I'd just forget my clothes because he had a deal with uh, who was it Lacoste at the time. And he had a whole room of Lacoste supplies at the house. And so I would always be like, oh, man, I just came from work. I don't have any clothes to play in. And he's like, oh, just go in there and grab stuff. So I would just, like, up my wardrobe at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say that you'd make sure that Rick Decker was on the skins team. Yeah. When you were playing. Hey, now. So, yeah, hey, did, so, so Shuley, so uh, – so Brad Buckman was living with Andy Roddick for a little while? Yeah, so, but, but he downgraded in roommates. So he was living with Andy when he played in Europe because he and Andy got to be super tight. And so they would, Andy would let him stay with him because Brad was living most of the year in Greece or Turkey, wherever he was playing. And so he'd just keep his stuff kind of at Andy's house and live there for a couple months. And then, you know, he and I got a place together down south and, uh, nice. and we started living together. But it definitely was a downgrade in roommate for him. <laughs> This is the stories of Nick Shuley. He's like uh, great stories. I mean, come on, man. Uh, who doesn't want to be Nick Shuley? He's, he, he knows all the famous people in town. He does. Uh, without a town, and he doesn't brag about it really until we press him on these topics. It started with ping pong. Okay, uh, Nick, thanks a lot. I know we have some tickets to give away to the event coming up. We've been giving away for a month now, but the event is actually coming up this weekend, correct? Yeah. So Saturday night, if you if you don't have tickets, get out to this. I, and I, I'm not saying this as someone who has any any money in this event or anything. It is my favorite event in Austin during the year. And it's the Texas Heritage Songwriters Showcase. And this year it's got Eric Johnson, Jack Ingram, John Randall, Ruthie Foster, Terry McBride, Lyle Lovett, Miranda Lambert, Emmy Lou Harris, Ronnie Dunn, and a bunch more. And it is, uh, it's, it's such a fun event. It's a cool event. There will be a lot of uh, famous people popping up to play some songs honoring these people. And it's just it's a cool deal. Yeah, go down to, uh, go down to my favorite spot where I ate last night, La Condesa, beforehand, and get a, get a little pregame. They've got a happy hour going on for 15th anniversary, and it is the best nachos I've ever had in my life, and I would go there and then go to this show. And I kid you not, you will not regret it. Take your family, take your parents, take your 
kids, I think maybe it's safe enough. So yeah, that's safe. Knows? Yeah, that's going to be a good time. Yeah, the Texas Heritage Songwriter Showcase, the likes of Miranda Lambert, Jack Ingram, John Randall. Uh, we'll give one of those tickets. Emma Lou Harris don't want to bury that lead. Uh, Ronnie Dunn from Brooks and Dunn. That is a huge lineup, and that is Friday or Saturday night down at uh, ACL Live at the Moody Theater. You, are we giving away another pair of tickets there, uh, Nick? Yes, we are. All right, one more pair, 447-3776, caller 5. We'll win those tickets, and, yeah, get over and see the crew at uh, Rick and the crew at La Condesa. That is a great restaurant as well. Agree with you 100% on that. We'll come back. We'll hit some who said that. Thank you, Nick. Thanks, Thanks guys. The Horn text line has moved. Join the conversation on the new Horn text line, 512-447-3776. That's 512-447-3776. Aaron Hogan. You just got to keep living, man. Rod Babers. L-I-V-I-N. E and Rod B. On the Horn. Ooh, saying that? Who said that time? Appreciate Nick Shuley, Ty Henderson. Do we have a winner of our uh, tickets to the Heritage Songwriters Fest coming up uh, this weekend? Hey, now. Mr. Bush. Mr. Bush. Strong, strong. Appreciate that. Oh, it's uh, Matt Nick Bush. Shuley. I wanted to say, I, I thought I was confusing him with the former Texas Rangers pitcher, but his name is it's actually Matt Bush. So congratulations. Matt Bush. Congratulations. Matt Bush. See you down there. That's a great Congrats, show right there. Congrats, man. Uh, shizzle. Uh, but yeah, how about, how about Nick Shuley hanging out with the who's who of Austin and uh, Nick the world? Know, he, Nick Shuley knows everything. Uh, <laughs> he does. He does. does. He does. Nick Shuley knows a lot of folks, man. And he's lived with half of them, it seems I, like. If I, I usually I'll be out somewhere, and if I'm unsure of uh, you know uh, how to make a connection, I can drop Nick's name, and there's a good chance that somebody oh, yeah, knows, know Nick. knows Nick. Exactly. <laughs> knows Nick Shuley. And you know what? You know what? Yeah, to speak very, very highly of him, typically when you do, it's, oh, yeah, he's a great guy. That's oh, typically the next sentence. Oh, I love Nick Shuley. Love yeah, Nick Shuley. I love Nick Shuley. That's why you make a good connection. That's, that's why it's a, a good, good name to drop. That is a good one. And good uh, I know you one. appear on that uh, Third and Longhorn podcast, yes. so that's cool. And he's got uh, the Brotherhood podcast. Check that oh, out. Man. That's with Royal Ivy. and Because uh, you used to live with Roy Ivy. He used to live Roy. with those guys. Like you said, you used to live with a lot of people. Because <laughs> when you live with somebody, you got to vet them and make sure they're cool people. You don't want them living with somebody who's not good people. That's exactly right. And that's why Nick ends up living with a lot of folks. Uh, well, he did. did. All right, let's play Smooth Said That, Rob. What do you have for me of uh, trying to figure out some audio from the sports landscape? All right, Ty, I sent you a bunch of different cuts. You can dial them up and we can play Who Said That. Oh, well, none of these actors, none of these celebrities. I'll be on my own thing in Miami. I do with um, Transformers directed up. Um, no. Uh, no. No. Michael Bay. That's my. No, I don't know him. Michael Bay, a real one. But all these no, he other, got, he got like the movies. Hold on, bad boys. Michael. <laughs> I don't know who, who that is. said that. That is Junk Jones. That is Chris Jones during the Super Bowl. That's how relaxed his conversation was during the Super Bowl. He's talking about these celebrities that were being shown in the stands, and he don't mess with them celebrities. But he likes. He's a big Michael Bay fan. Who knew? Chris Jones, Michael Bay. Who knows? We know. We know now that Jay Z is a big Judge Judy fan. And we know that Chris Jones, Junk Jones, loves him some Michael Bay. It's random, but that's from the horse's mouth. There you go. Uh, there you go. And uh, I'm think all I can think of with Judge Judy is uh, you got to get Jim Harbaugh and Jay Z together to be watching Judge Judy. They love Judge Judy. I've never seen an episode of Judge Judy. I have. Yeah, Judge Judy gets paid a lot of money though. I know. Well, she's so she's she's you know syndicated all over the country. And then she gets paid from all those stations. I'm not even sure she's a real judge. I don't even know. Judge, judge Shining. I don't think I've ever watched an episode. I don't even know she's a real judge. Steve Harvey's not a judge, too. I know. Yeah, everybody wants to be a judge because judges make a lot of money. Them fake judges, they make a lot fake of money. Fake judges. Yeah, man. I got this for you, Rod. This is a uh, – I think you'll know who both of these voices are, but it's on an interesting conversation going on in the sports world and the uh, NFL world for sure and happened on our radio station yesterday. Well, I'll start with the respect that I have for Merrill Hodge, and I've, I've met him many, many years ago uh, when I was young uh, going through ESPN and – he 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 does he works hard and he you nailed it with uh, the success he's had on some quarterbacks most famously Johnny Manziel you know he was the one who never bought in on that I don't agree with him on this one the pushback I would have is man if 39 games is not enough to evaluate Justin Fields but three games this year are enough to evaluate and make uh, solid statements on Caleb Williams that doesn't that doesn't make sense to me so I've seen a lot of Caleb Williams I've seen everything he did last year I've seen everything that he did this year 
He is, to me, in my opinion, in terms of ability, is the closest thing to Patrick Mahomes we've seen. Um, he's got unbelievable arm talent. I mean, I'm talking arm strength from different angles, from different platforms, the creativity. When Mahomes was, was coming out of college, it was screens and scrambles. That's what he majored in. It was helter-skelter. Um, he had a lot of work that he had to do footwork-wise, and that's one of the reasons why they redshirted him a year there uh, behind Alex Smith. I don't think the Mahomes that we see now is the exact same Mahomes we saw when he was coming out of college, which is to say he got better and he developed, and that's where he is now. There's no perfect prospect, Rich. Uh, where you go matters. Uh, it's going to matter a lot for Caleb Williams, but I believe, in my opinion, this is one of the more physically gifted and talented players at the position we've seen in a while. But no, I wouldn't make that uh, declarative statement that he's uh, that, that he's not going to be very good. I have no idea who that is. That's Daniel Jeremiah. Oh, okay. There you go. Nice. Yeah, Daniel Jeremiah on Rich Eisen's show yesterday. I thought we had Rich asking the question, but there's his response to Merrill Hodge, and that's how Rich Eisen posed it to him was, hey, Merrill Hodge, you know, made some waves saying he doesn't yep. think that Caleb Williams is special. Daniel Jeremiah said, I disagree. And there was a pretty good answer and reason why. Um, these are the debates we're going to have all the way to April, yeah, Rod. It will be. Uh, I do th I mean, uh, Caleb Williams does some special things. Uh, he does. With the football in his hand. But uh, Merrill Hodge didn't think so. And, of course, Merrill Hodge gains fame because he wasn't big on Johnny Manziel or actually panned Johnny Manziel. And he was on C.J. Stroud last year, not Bryce Young. He was. Yep. No, he makes some good quarterback evaluations. Um, all right, Ty, you can dial up the next clip and we can play Who Said That? Do you have any idea of how to fix this so that it's a little bit more competitive? I mean, I don't know. We were talking about it on the bench. It was Donovan's idea. We were talking, he, he talked about maybe having a, a guy, an MC, like how it is in New York or certain things, guys walking on the court. Maybe that could make it a little bit more competitive. But, I mean, it's hard because guys focuses is on their team and making sure that they stay healthy and don't want to hurt each other when they're playing but I think something like that can make it a little bit more prideful and make everybody be a little bit more competitive I was saying they should get one of the guys from Rucker Park to come and be on the mic yeah it makes a little sense for sure all right who said that who said it uh, I know the topic matter I don't know who that is uh yeah I mean yeah the topic matter of course is about the all-star game Trey Young uh was who, they, who she was talking to Rachel Nichols was talking to Trey Young about how to improve the All-Star game. They're talking about getting a DJ, basically. Getting somebody to potentially DJ and MC the All-Star game to keep it hype. Maybe they'll get the players hype. I don't know if it'll make them more competitive. It'll make the environment more hype, but that's not oh, the problem. And is he going to turn TV sets on and bring the fans in? I don't know. No, uh, not, probably, probably not. not. Probably not. But probably the fans not. want to see is, you know, as we played Kobe Bryant yesterday, the best players in the world playing the biggest pickup game in the world and really yeah. playing. Because that's what I want to see. You can put a DJ on it all you want, but I'll watch a Rucker Park game because those guys are trying their ass off. Yeah. And right. they're playing hard. That's that's, that's that's the appeal of the All-Star game was the best and the best playing head-to-head -head against one another and getting after it. Mm -hmm. That was great. Agreed. All right. Because uh, you, you don't get to see that very often. <laughs> I mean, Well, now you don't see it ever. I know. Because it doesn't happen in the All-Star games anymore. We'll come back. When we do, it's the fabulous fifth hour. I'll give you some of these trades that uh, – Summer speculating could be discussed here in the offseason around the NFL. Also get back to this uh, Big 12 basketball race, which is heated mm -hmm. and hot and heavy. Big wins last night for Texas Tech and BYU. We'll also diving back into some Texas football conversation behind the burnt orange curtain. Yes, All sir. coming in the fabulous fifth hour on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby.